touch judges already. Side of studio. Players are lined up. Microphones in hand for the restart. It's now time to form the Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show. Featuring Wallaby legends Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Super Rugby. More games, more finals, more derbies. It's Rugby Supercharged. The Ruck. And coming up the blind side, Tony Squires. Off again. He's off to the Royal Wedding, apparently. That's what we're told. So, uh, Dan in the chair. I love it when Tony's off. It just pays for my renovation inch by inch. <laughs> Matt Burke and Tim Horan, though, they are here each and every week, and uh, we welcome them to the show. I'll just start with you, Tim, because I just want to explain to people the uh, night that you've had. You're in Perth for that wonderful game, which we'll probably uh, chat about a bit later, the Force just losing to the Crusaders, but you managed to watch the first two games on TV, then call the game for Fox Sports, the one you're at, and then... You've got the red eye um, back to Brisbane, and you've managed to watch both of the South African games. This is commitment. <laughs> yeah, well, you've got to do it. A bit of research, yeah. But, Danny, it was a big weekend of rugby so far, and obviously a couple of um, losses to some Australian teams, and then the Waratahs were the only successful Australian team. But uh, certainly there's some fantastic games over the weekend and uh, another great round of Super Rugby. Matty Burke, uh, good morning to you. G'day, Dan. How are you doing, buddy? I'm going all right. Uh, the Tars, uh, again, we'll touch on them a little bit later. Not the most impressive performance. I suppose a win's a win, and they got the points, and that's all that matters. Do you know, last night it, was, uh, it, it, it teamed down with a bit of rain for a little bit of a while, there, and, and there, was a, there was a period of play, and it was just like a, a cake of soap the ball was. They went nowhere. Both teams went nowhere. Um, you know, in the end, you hear about um, just getting across the line, I think, more than anything else. So they did enough to, to get the four points. They got away from uh, their losing streak that they had, and uh, they would be happy to climb the, the, the ladder and, and keep in touch with that top six. They're just keeping in touch. The scores from overnight, Stormers 32, Sharks 12. These are the whole weekend scores. Bulls 43, Chiefs 27. The Bulls were down by miles in that game. Crusaders 42, Force 30. Waratahs 28-9. Uh, the Hurricanes beat the Reds 28-26, Cheetahs over the Brumbies, and the Blues beat the Highlanders. So that is what ha- has happened this weekend. And we have got the big boss. John O'Neill will be joining us very soon here on The Ruck. So if you actually want to uh, get a question in for John, get on the uh, Twitter, The Ruck Show, uh, or at The Ruck Show, and, and, and fire a question in. The boys are loaded up. They've got their questions ready. But if you want to contribute... Uh, at The Ruck Show on Twitter, and you can ask the boss of Australian rugby any question you like. We're, uh, we're going to have more Ruck after this. We're going to talk a bit of... Uh, I think we'll talk a bit of Reds after this. Fan them on Facebook. Follow them on Twitter. At The Ruck Show. Uh, just having a look at this table, the Australian Conference, uh, the Reds are you know, well out in front, 40 points. They lost last night, only their second loss for the season. Uh, they're still eight points clear of the Waratahs, um, with the Waratahs winning last night. So it's still a handy gap, and the, but there's still a few games to go, fellas. And, 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 Tim, you're making a very good point uh, just in the song there. Uh, the Reds only played their first New Zealand team yesterday, so their tough draw is still to come. It is. It, uh, it's, they've got a few games away as well. So the Reds, in this new Super Rugby competition, you obviously play a lot more of your, your home country's team. So they've played a fair few of the, you know, the, the Rebels and 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 the Waratahs twice now as well. So they start playing the tougher New Zealand team. So Wellington, the, uh, the, the Hurricanes won 28-26. The Reds were actually down 22-5 at half time. They scored in the first three minutes of the match. They were up 5 million. You thought, oh, here we go, the, the Reds are on fire. And then they came back. So they scored, I think it was about 22 unanswered points in the, in the second half. 
the Reds and came back. But I'm not sure you and Mackenzie Berkey changed his team up a fair bit, made three or four different um, replacements. It's always a big call, isn't it, to change a team around? And um, the Reds have been going so well. I think he cited maybe a bit of uh, freshness and and, uh, and and a bit of fatigue to, to the guys that have been playing and doing so well for Queensland. It's interesting, though, when you change a team around, you just lose that little bit of an edge, don't you, at, at times. Um, if I can take you back to 2001, uh, the Waratahs played Crusaders uh, one versus two. We were two at the time in New Zealand. And Bobby Dwyer changed the team around. And uh, I said, mate, do you think that's a good idea? He said, no, no, we'll, we'll be fine, mate. I think we'll be fine. And he changed uh, the two, the four, uh, the eight, the nine, the ten. And we lost 96-19. Um, <laughs> it wasn't a great thrill. And uh, and it, it can have a, a, an adverse effect on you. 63-0 at half time, And um, he said, mate, we're still in this game. So, unfortunately for the Reds yesterday, I mean, they got their noses back in front after a... A super performance by Cooper to get them all back in, but Bob did not say you were still in the game. Mate, we were still in the game. <laughs> he said that at night at, at sixty three nil at half time, and then Aaron Mertens was, was, was still in the game for a bonus point. For, for a bonus point, point. <laughs> mate, we scored three tries. We nearly got a bonus point by losing by seventy. So <laughs> it was one of those games. And then uh, the press conference afterwards, I actually didn't attend it. I was still sitting there going ninety six nineteen in the change room. And then I think Chris Whitaker went and did it for me. <laughs> <laughs> but certainly the Reds, they they it was going to be a, a tough game for them. They haven't won. Uh, at the Cake Tin in Wellington, Westpac Stadium there at, at all. So the last time they won over there in New Zealand uh, against the, the Hurricanes have been 1998. So Aaron Cruden was fantastic for the Hurricanes. Uh, as you said, um, Berge, um Cooper was fantastic to be able to get the side back in touch mm. and actually in front with about five minutes to go. Luke Morahan scored two brilliant tries. So um, the Reds, they probably need a hiccup like that at this time of the competition. You don't want it right towards the end. In, in saying that, though, uh, Timmy, I, I reckon it's a, it's a good... Mindset to be able to come back from that. You know, okay, they lost the game. They got one point out. They got the bonus point. But to say that they can uh, they can win the game by being down, control the game in that second half, probably play to a game plan. I mean, the the the, the Hurricanes they just got off to a, a flyer as well after Queensland got that first try. All of a sudden, four unanswered tries, and then all and and Queensland are thinking to themselves, "Well, hang on, what's going on?" Yeah, here? but the Hurricanes have only won had only won two games before this, so they're not exactly the trendsetters of the New Zealand Conference. No, that's exactly right. But when you're playing in, against any Kiwi team at home, it's always difficult. And I think that first try for the Queenslanders may have just lulled them into a false sense of security, Timmy. Yeah, I think they would have sat back. But the way that the New Zealanders play, the the counter rucking that they put in place, and we saw that over the weekend of Super Rugby. They are, you know, ferocious at the breakdown. So it's a good, uh, good, good way for the Reds to actually see. Okay, we've got three or four New Zealand teams coming up. This is the way we're going to have to play the game. All right, we're going to speak to the boss, John O'Neill, very, very soon. And also, look, Royal Wedding weekend. Uh, the ratings are unbelievable. And I'm going to ask these boys their brushes with Royal. I mean, they're rugby boys. They must have had a brush with, with royalty at some stage. A show about rugby put together by rugby players. Why not? Tim Moran, Matt Burke, Tony Squires. The Ruck, the Sunday Rugby Show. Matty, you must have had, I'm, I'm gathering, some sort of brush with royalty. I mean, you played all those years in English rugby, superstar for, uh, for for the Wallabies. You must have had some sort of brush. There, there was always the uh, the sessions where you went to Buckingham Palace or Clarence House we did when we were playing schoolboys. We met Prince Charles a couple of times. Uh, we went to Buckingham Palace, I think, as Timmy said, uh, last week. But, you know, the, the, the great one is the, is the off-cuff remarks, you know what I mean? And... Mm. Uh, you know, what the boys get up to when you're in Buckingham Palace. Um, one of the boys said, look, you've got to take a photo. I said, why is that? Or it wasn't me. One of the other boys, he said, I've got to take a photo on the toilet. He said, why is that? He said, man, I'm on the Royal That's Throne. Right. It's like, <laughs> cliched, but done. We met the Queen. Uh, you, know, you stand in the semicircle and the rest of it, and uh, you're introduced to the Queen. And um, uh, there was a camera following us as well. And, 
And as the Queen passed, Prince Philip comes a, a couple of paces later. And Timmy, you were there, and, and, it, and it got to, to Joe Roth, and um, uh, he got introduced to Prince Philip and shook hands. And as, as he went past, then the camera sort of was still on him. You see Joe go... Who was that bloke? <laughs> <laughs> you just think, mate, come on, what are you got to know your history? What's he's going a security on? guard. He's, yeah, he's just a key run security. He runs the block. Oh, it was great to see, though. I mean, the wedding, it, um, you know, Richie McCaw got an invitation to go to the wedding, knocked it back because he had a, a super rugby game against the Force last night. Also, Brian O'Driscoll, I think, got an invitation and knocked it back. He had a, a big game for Leinster, his uh, province in, in Ireland. And it's funny, after the 2003 World Cup, Berkey, you might have been there, but down at a, uh, a nice little establishment uh, at Darling Harbour, after the final, after England beat the Wallabies in that 2003 World Cup final, um, Prince Harry was there and, and I was just having a drink with a mate of mine and Prince Harry sort of walked past and we just had a chat for about five minutes about what he was up to and where he was going and it was interesting then the next day I was flying back to Brisbane so uh, I was working for Channel 7 at the time they fly your business class which was fantastic so I get my 2A my seat 2A I hardly, hardly had any sleep go to hop on the plane and just before you go to the, on the ramp the, the, um, the hostess said um, oh, excuse me Mr Horan um, we'd like to give you another ticket I said well that's okay as long as it's uh, still in business club didn't, you know, <laughs> I wasn't worried so I got 3A so I sit down 3A and all of a sudden uh, Harry and his bodyguard takes 2A and, and, and uh, 2C and we had another little chat. He was actually going out to the country to um, to work on the cattle property, which uh, for a couple of months, I think, if you remember back in 2003, to, to harden him up a little bit. So uh, had a good chat. He's a lovely bloke, and um, I think he would have had a, uh, a nice um, slow dance with Pippa the other night. Oh, Pippa, just wonderful. Did you get anything out of Harry, uh, Tim, that you might want to share with us here? Uh, no, he was looking forward to actually getting away from the limelight and going out to the bush and actually mm. working a bit on the cattle farm. But... Um, that's uh, not yeah. what I meant. That's not what yes, I meant. Yes, I know. I wasn't going to go there, Daniel. Two international players. He's got it. Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Looking for support. And then there's the ring-in, Tony Squires. The Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show. We've got the boss, the chief of Australian rugby, John O'Neill, on the line. Absolutely, uh, Dan. And um, John, hello, mate, and welcome to The Ruck. Good morning, gents. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Um, I've got to ask you, uh, John, to start with. Um, how's the uh, how's the form of the of the wedding? Did you watch the uh, Did you watch the royal wedding last night? Just a quick one. Did you, didn't get a start though. I, I, I wasn't invited, and I, I I hope Rocky Elson would be, but he didn't get the night either. Geez, that's a shame. Uh, but it was a, a great occasion, and uh, I saw Mike Tyndall there, uh, who's uh, who's close to being part of the royal family. Yeah. <laughs> hey, John, Tim here, mate. You must be pretty pleased with the way that Super Rugby, uh, the success of Super Rugby and the new format this year in 2011. Uh, Timmy, it's going really well. The, 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 the new conference system, uh, five teams in Australia, it gives us a national footprint, uh, but the success is quite measurable. Um, we've had these local derbies have gone from 6 to 20, but the broadcast figures are up by 34%. Fox Sports are very happy about that. Uh, attendances across the five teams are up 11%. Uh, the the average is over 20,000 again. Uh, the Reds, you know, not, probably not surprisingly, the most watched team by broadcast and and crowds. And the good thing, after dropping off in some of the younger age groups over the last couple of years, we've got serious increases in the 18 to 24 and the 25 to 39 39 uh, market. So, look, half over. The halfway mark, you've got to say the the new Super Rugby uh, format is uh, doing wonders, particularly for Australian rugby. 
Yeah, and John, for, the, for our, all our listeners who uh, don't follow you know, rugby a great deal, obviously the Australian Rugby Union had their AGM uh, last week and there was a million-dollar surplus. Um, that's after distributing sort of over $6 million to the members. Just tell our listeners, who are the members? Is it, is it Country Rugby Union? Is it Junior Rugby? All those affiliates? It's all it's all the uh, states and territories. Um, and clearly the big ones, New South Wales Rugby Union and Queensland Rugby Union, uh, and then right across the country... Victoria, South Australia, Victoria, uh, uh, West Australia, Tasmania, Northern Territory, and underneath them, of course, they, and they have their own members, as you said, country, uh, prim, Premier Rugby clubs. Uh, we fund we fund Premier Rugby in Sydney and Brisbane to the tune of 2.3 million every year. Look, the ARU has to make seriously good money, which we did this year, last year, about seven million dollars distributed, six of it. Um, and if we're not doing well and if we're not financially stable, then it has an impact on the rest of the game. Uh, we're a bit like the central treasury of a, of a large company. If, if, we, uh, if, if we're able to produce off the back of the Wallabies, remembering we only have one team. We've got seven national teams, but only one team, the Wallabies, that actually generate all this, all this income. Um, so, look, we've, the last couple of years we've really replenished our reserves um, We'll have a, a tough year this year because of the World Cup uh, scheduling. Uh, but you know, we got on and off the field at the moment. You can see momentum is building. Um, we'll get through a good Super Rugby season. Uh, the Test matches against Samoa, home and away against the All Blacks, uh, the Springboks, and then into a World Cup where prospects are good. And then two years time, we've got a British and Irish Lions uh, visit, which will um, uh, a bit like a World Cup. It's a need to produce a, a windfall profit and um, the whole of Australian rugby will benefit from that. So in, in saying that, John, you, you sound like the, the unions in a, in a healthy way. Um, how do you, what, what's your take then on, on the AFL and the, and the billion-dollar deal that they just signed with, with Fox and, and, and Telstra and the rest of it? And Do you guys feel that you can ask for more next time the, 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 the TV rights are up again? Well, the comparisons are always, you know, um, not like with like. I mean, the the, the new Sansar deal that has come into effect this year uh, went up from you know, US 323 million to 437 million US uh, over five years. Uh, yeah, there's a you know there's a obviously a, a critical mass and scale uh, to AFL that you know we don't have. So we've got five teams. They've got Lord knows how many, 16 to 18. Um, and, you know, Foxtel uh, on this occasion with AFL have made a, a big contribution because they want to grow subscriber, the subscriber numbers, particularly in Victoria. Uh, look, we're very happy with what uh, our last deal uh, achieved. Uh, ironically, this AFL deal is, because of the Foxtel contribution, is actually going to be good for us because uh, they will grow subscribers. Uh, and the subscribers will buy rugby, and that will give us a, a greater greater level of penetration. So, um, I mean, Matt, you know, and Tim knows, and the audience knows that you know we're sitting here in the most competitive football market in the world: rugby league, AFL, wall to wall, uh, soccer, football, and rugby union. Just be careful. We've got our point. Oh, sorry, John. Sorry. I was going to say. Uh, I was just going to cut in there. I was going to say I'd be very careful quoting US dollar figures for your TV rides. No fault of your own, but my God, that's just going <laughs> well, down. We, the... Well, we well we did we did hedge at a pretty uh, pretty favourable rates. We 
we did hedge hedge the deal at seventy five cents, uh, and uh, and that actually uh, we we undid some of those hedges and uh, pocketed four million dollars uh, profit out of that. So, it's just like going to the casino, uh, John. <laughs> Put it all on red. Sorry? That's what I used to do. I used to go to the casino. That's what I used to do. I used to hedge my bets. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not saying we're speculators, but if the opportunity emerges, why not? John, let's talk uh, the Wallabies briefly. Uh, Robbie Deans um, obviously has got some great depth now in the, in the Wallaby team coming into the World Cup. There's still obviously a lot of super rugby to go and some test matches leading into the World Cup. What, what about Robbie Deans' future at the Wallabies? There's been a lot of talk about he's potentially looking at signing a couple more years in, uh, in the coming months. Well, personally, I'm a Robbie Deans fan, um, unashamedly. I think he's done a great job in very difficult circumstances. The the rebuild has been um, been challenging, uh, but I think the traction and momentum we saw last year um, is is very encouraging. When you look at the next horizon, which is the British and Irish Lions uh, tour in two years' time, it would be it would be good to extend Robbie for at least another two years and um, uh, I'd be happy happy, um, happy to be talking to him about that, that in the, in the uh, short to medium term. Um, look, it's very important that we concentrate on on the World Cup in New Zealand. Uh, yeah, we, I think yeah, you two blokes have won a World Cup, Timmy, you've won two um, and you, you, need, you need a, a bit of luck um, at the end of the day, but some exceptional players. Uh, well, just, as we just, did in '99. Yeah, yeah. Well, John, just just on those. On sorry, mate, on those exceptional players. I was just going to cut in briefly. Someone like a James O'Connor. Um, I'd be interested to see what you, your thoughts are on James O'Connor. Where he should, whether he should stay at the force. I mean, you have got no control there, and obviously, um, Curtly Beale moving to the Rebels. Is this something that? Can the Australian Union, can they have any um, control in that? Or is obviously James O'Connor, it's up to him and his manager where, where he should go. Or, you know, for mine, yeah. it'd be great, be great to see him at the Reds, but certainly for Australian rugby, you need the spread of players as well in the Western Force. Yes, no, we, we do. I mean, we, we can't control it. Um, the market does that. But personally, I, I think it'd be much better for James O'Connor to stay with the Western Force. If he left there, I would worry... Uh, about the impact on that franchise and uh, I mean very unlucky uh, to be beaten by Crusaders last night but O'Connor's a special player and and if you have a special player playing for the force in Perth it attracts other players and um, look the spread of talent across all five teams is is very important to us and um, salary cap coming in in the not too distant future will um, I think go um, some way to having that uh, a more even spread of, uh, of talent um, but look yeah, currently Bill James O'Connor Quade Cooper Will Guinea I mean the list goes on David Pocock and you throw in you know Horwell and Elsom and these these guys um, you know we, we want we want five teams to be strong and healthy uh, to be uh, financially sustainable and viable and to produce you know a, an absolute um stream of you know, future wallabies and, and that is starting to happen. So John, on those, uh, last question John, before we let you go on that, on that uh, we heard Timmy he's, he's got a bit of a, a pro jersey uh, in the red <laughs> colour on, on his back I was supposed <laughs> to say, with being the boss we know that uh, Chris Andy used to wear his wrestling suit under his shirt, what shirt do you wear? What colour is your shirt uh, when you're supporting well, Super Rugby? I, Just I, a quick one. 
I do. I do wear a lot of yellow. I've got a lot of yellow or gold. I have, <laughs> That's I wear, easy. I wear, yeah. I wear, I wear the same easy. Gold, gold socks to every test. Just like uh, the queen. I've got a, a gold waist, waistcoat that doesn't fit me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, the men, the men in gold, uh, you know, deserve all the help they can get, and uh, my little bit of uh, uh, my undergarments should help. All right, we'll continue to uh, just build that fence, Jono, uh, for you <laughs> to sit on. But thank you very much. We we do appreciate <laughs> okay, your time here on the Ruck. And uh, good luck. It's a big season coming up. World Cup, of course, at the end of the year. So it's a big year for you. Good luck. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Thanks, John. Thank you. Fan them on Facebook. Follow them on Twitter. At the Ruck Show. We'd mentioned a bit earlier, it just came up, that Mike Tyndall was at the uh, Royal Wedding, the, uh, of course, England player. Now... <laughs> He's going to get married to Zara, who's the daughter of Princess Anne. Mm. Now, you know, lest me not having an opinion on this subject, but uh, that's quite the overachievement for Mike. I mean, I know he plays, you know, Test Match Rugby, but he's not, you know, I wouldn't have thought he was quite up to that standard to nab a lovely young lady like Zara. Well, well lucky we're on the radio because we're not all paintings uh, ourselves, <laughs> but I think he got, I read the other day that, uh, yes, he's engaged to Zara Phillips, so, um, and uh, he's he got the call... Perhaps a, a surreptitiously uh, got the call, but it got out in the media that maybe you should get your nose straight and, and your and your sort of your Barry Beef sorted out before you uh, take the raw photos. I mean, he, he's a rugby player; you're supposed to get bashed up and the rest of it. But he is a back. But um, there'd have to be some overachievers in rugby. Uh, is oh, there is, is. I reckon any any front rower with a girlfriend or or a wife are overachieving. <laughs> <laughs> What about what about uh, uh, the the New Zealand halfback from a couple of years ago, Byron Callagher, who? Um, who ended up going out with a uh, lady of the adult industry, uh, you could say. You could say a porn star. Well, porn star. I don't know what that What was her name? To me, you've you got some of her titles, haven't you? <laughs> oh, don't even think of going there. Oh, I think Harry. I think Harry is the one who overachieved the other night. Pippa, I'm, uh, you know, I'm still, th- still thinking about Pippa. She stole the show. Jeez, you, you've, that's about the third time you've brought up Pippa, Tim. <laughs> a show about rugby put together by rugby players. Why not? Tim Moran, Matt Burke, Tony Squires. The Ruck, the Sunday Rugby Show. Waratahs beating the Melbourne Rebels last night at 28 to 9. Matt is a vastly unfair reflection on the game because the Waratahs only did it late. Do you know what um, our co-host Timmy Horan used to always say to us? It doesn't matter whether you score a try in the first minute or the 80th minute, you've still got to keep going all the way through. So I, 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 I'm going to defend them, not because I've, I've played with the guys as well. And I look at the, the paper, Toothless Tars, far from super... And, and you can say, okay, perhaps some of their uh, their impact running wasn't superb, but if you need to score a try in, in the end and, and, and put teams away, I'm, I'm happy to do that. You've got 80 minutes to do it, so let's do it. And it's always perceived that you know they've won at the very end. You know, it was a tough game last night. I think both teams were both teams were a little bit scared. Would you say, Timmy, to to play uh, the game in, in terms of uh, Waratahs needed to get their season back on track uh, and keep it rolling. The Rebels needed something to get away from home and, and, and do something about it. And in the end, it was a, a very much a, 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 a spoiling-type game until the very end. And the rain didn't help as well, which makes it a little bit tougher. Yeah, well, poor pouring rain through the game didn't help. I mean, the, the Rebels did pretty well to stay within in touch of the, the Waratahs. 28-29, it finished up. But, yeah, it's just, it's just something something's lacking there in the Waratahs. I'm not sure what it is. It's that spark to actually someone to grab the game by the, thruff, you know, the scruff of the throat and actually go shake it a little bit and say, you know, that that's explode this game. But it's, it's always there for the taking for the Waratahs. They've got a game against the Force uh, this week coming up. So that's not going to be easy as well. So the Waratahs, yes, I know they're in second place in the Australian Conference uh, ladder at the moment, but they've got some tough games coming up as well. Do you know, when we, when we talked earlier about the Force Crusaders game and, and the width that they that they play with, Timmy, I thought yep. was outstanding on, on both teams, 
and, and maybe that's right with the Waratahs. They're they're keeping it quite close to say, hey, this is our this is our go to. Let's just stick it through here. But I think they had the same problem against Queensland last week. They needed to throw the ball wider just to give the blokes a, a chance. If it doesn't come off, you can you can play a bit of scramble football and, and try and cover yourself. But yep. they'd lead, they'd at least need to throw it a bit wider to get a bit of a start. You got to play some width. So that, I mean, there's there's all parents now taking their kids to junior rugby on a Sunday morning once again. And and the, when you watch junior rugby, the the the, the way that they play the game is get, create some width and let the wingers score. And, and that's what the Waratahs haven't been doing. I like the way they're playing. I know they're, they're chalking up some wins. I know they had a couple of hiccups, you know, against the Reds last week. But I just think that you need to play expansive rugby to get into the finals for this Super Rugby competition. Oh, you take the wins, though. I mean, that, no doubt about it, Dan. And, and then on the on the back of that. Um, Timmy, I, I thought the, uh, I suppose the strategies of Melbourne yesterday. I thought they would have brought Cipriani on a bit earlier, um, yep. knowing that it was wet and that was him. He's, he's lived in that conditions for for so many years and played overseas. That the kicking game could have been perhaps a little bit a little bit smarter if that, if that's the case, and put him on the on the front foot rather than just sort of letting, uh, I suppose, just bash up against a brick wall every time. It's funny, well, what's going on with Cipriani? Because I keep hearing stories, and I'm just on the outside looking in, that he doesn't train and he's not really committed, and now he's you know starting off the bench. Uh, you would have to say it's not been a particularly successful uh, acquisition for the Rebels, or it hasn't been. Well, I think it has been. Yeah, I think they're just it's a, lot, it's a long competition now. And Danny Cipriani, for our listeners who don't know, you know, he came from the UK. He played Lon- in in London Wasp, and, and the way that he's come across here and tried to adapt to Australian rugby has been pretty pretty successful so far. He's, he's kicked some winning goals, and I just think that Rod McQueen defensively he's got some lapses. I think Rod McQueen, the coach, is just thinking, have a rest on the sideline. We'll bring you on and and uh, give James Hilgendorf a go. So oh, I think the Rebels are too inconsistent for mine. The depth is where they're always going to struggle, but- and they have. Mate, does, yeah, I'm with Dan. Does he really care? I mean, he he, he lined up. He didn't turn up for preseason at the start of uh, start of uh, you know, so November last year. Then I heard that he was throwing out trying to get a start to play soccer in in, in America because he can play the game as well. Um, Jimmy Hilgendorf got injured in that first game against the Waratahs round one, and you sort of see him come on and go, oh, do I, do, "Am I am I really playing today?" And then all of a sudden, he's, he's, he leads the stats in in missed tackles, and it's like, <laughs> yes. yeah, well, I don't care if I miss a tackle. Yeah, I might kick a couple of goals. I mean, I'll well, get through the, it. Pinch the bottle of booze, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Although, no, it is probably unfair to say that you know he is out of puff. I mean, he spent so many days flying up to Sydney for those race meetings at Randwick, so <laughs> it probably is unfair to attack him. A show about rugby put together by rugby players. Why not? Tim Moran, Matt Burke, Tony Squires. The Ruck, the Sunday Rugby Show. Uh, now, the Brumbies, uh, we know it's been a dog of a season for them. They went down on the weekend again. Uh, but I see they have announced a new coach, the former Springbok coach, uh, Jake White. That's got to be a step in the right direction, Matt. Oh, it is indeed, uh, Dan. But you know, that was it was supposed to have an effect on the way they were going to play against uh, the Cheetahs the other night. If we can just quickly run on that game. Timmy, I was up uh, early in the morning having a, a, bit of a, a bit of a bottle feed for the young one. And I, and I flicked it on. The first 20 minutes was just helpful there, the classic South African high-built stuff. They played this game, the Cheetahs, which was so fast and, and ridiculously you know, uh, quick pace, so to speak. The Brummies couldn't keep up. Yes, they got back to thereabouts at halftime, equal, equal living at, at halftime, but uh, a, a few discipline issues again uh, set them aside. But the Cheetahs, did they play some good football? Yeah, they can play, especially at home. They're a Bloemfontein, which is... Uh 
uh, you know, a very difficult place to win. But uh, I'm not sure about Jake White. I, hopefully, uh, for the next four years for the Brummies, you can really take this Brummies side back to what they're, they're used to. In the nation's capital, they're used to open running rugby, and that just hasn't hasn't occurred in the last couple of years. I mean, the cheaters, the cheaters go, what about that field goal? If any of the listeners haven't seen that field goal, was it, Berkey, was it 59 metres <laughs> out? Yeah. A field goal, ma- massive kick. But for, for Jake White, I think he needs to bring back, he's looking to talk to George Gregan to come in and do some consulting, coaching-wise, a couple of ex-players. But he he really needs to get players on the field. Rocky Olsen's been out the whole season. Rocky Olsen's been at the Brumbies for two years and has really only played seven or eight games. So important to get your players back on the park. But for, for a coach to be successful, you need good players. Four years is a major, major commitment a cool, for, for any coach in yeah. any, any, any code of sport. What is the Jake White style of rugby? Well, at the moment, what we're seeing uh, is he's actually trying to chase James O'Connor. So you're talking about him before, Timmy, with, uh, yep. with John O'Neill. So he wants to get the best players down to Brumby land. As you said before, the, the Brumbies, I think they have, they have a mystique. They've been the most successful uh, province in Australia. But we still, I think we still remember them as you know, Grigg and Larkin, Mortlock and, and crew. Uh, yeah, they've got, to, they've got to leave that history, haven't they? They've got to create their own history. Well, that, was, exactly that right. was when there were three teams. Now, when you've got yep. teams like the Force and you've got the Rebels, there are other options for, for players to go to. Uh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, Jake White, what's he going to bring? Um, I, I think the, the benefit that he had when he won the World Cup is he had a massive team. You know, at, at, you know, when you look on paper, they were big, strong, fast, and the rest of it, and they had a simple plan of, of, of the way they played. Now, the way they played with the Springboks was, was more so kicking the ball. And remember that World Cup, Percy Montgomery kicked five penalty goals to win against England. That needs to change. You know, that, 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 that style needs to come back to what Tim said before about throwing the ball around and, and knowing that they can play width, they can play tight, they can do anything. Um, but it's about getting the players on board, I reckon, Timmy, for him. Yeah, and Jake White, he, uh, he watched the game uh, in Bloemfontein for the Brummies. He watched the second game. The Brummies are coming up. Obviously, some big games coming up, Dan. Queensland, the Reds versus the Rebels in Melbourne on, I think it's Friday night. And the Tars will come up against the Force. So another big week of rugby in this super competition. Oh, I was about to get to those. And you would anticipate, boys, uh, the Reds and the Waratahs will probably get the cash? Oh, I like the Force. I just like the way they played last night against the Crusaders. For any of the listeners who haven't seen the game... The uh, the Crusaders they, they started out of the blocks. It was a brilliant brilliant performance and and just came home 42 30 72 points in the game against the Force. It was a brilliant game for mine. The Force over the Tars and the Reds over the Rebels. Well, again, Timmy, the Force last night, for example, they they had a slow start. They had a slow start against the Waratahs last time they played. You just wonder if that's becoming a little bit of a concern in in the way they're playing the games. They're coming home well. They're coming home strong, but. You know, you just can't leak too many points at the start. There, there well, was, so, sorry, Tim, I was just going to say this. There was something I saw last night, and I've seen it the few times I've seen the Crusaders play. When Sonny Bill touches the ball, the crowd goes up. It, I, I sense that Sonny Bill will be like Jonah Lomu 15 years ago in that World Cup in the sense that, you know, he could destroy some of the littler teams, and people are going to be fascinated by this, this giant Sonny Bill. He could be an absolute star. We had a chat a couple of weeks ago about uh, the younger kids playing weight for age and Mornay yeah. Stain tried to make a tackle two weeks ago and he was probably thinking, hey, are we playing weight for age today? Because he ran uh-huh. at him and, and he's done it to a couple of blokes as well now. He's done it to a couple of the, the Aussie teams. His ability to, to step on the run, basically, if you know what I mean, like he changes direction in the air before he gets the ball and it's just catching blokes out left, right and centre. He's changing that number 12 role. Timmy, you're an incredible number 12 but it's completely different these days. Yeah, well, what, what he's doing well is he's attracting two defenders every time he gets the ball which leaves holes for players outside. I mean, Robbie Fruin uh, is playing really well in the centres outside but the Crusaders team, Richie McCaw back, fantastic. All right, we're just about out of time. Thank you, boys. You'll be back next week with the Tone. This has been The Ruck. Found them on Facebook. Follow them on Twitter. At The Ruck Show.